All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome again to our Sex in the Bull City podcast. And today we're doing a video podcast. I'm super excited to have Haiti Schleifer here with us. And Haiti has been here in Durham for the past couple of days. We're doing a therapist training, and we also have some partners there with us. We're doing a therapist training for encounter-centered couples therapy, which Haiti has created, and it is an incredibly powerful couples therapy. So I am so excited to have Haiti here today. This is really a dream come true for me to be here with you today. And I mean, you can hear my voice. I'm a little bit nervous. (laughs) Normally, I don't do a video anything. And so unless I'm videotaping clients when we're doing couples therapy. So it's, it's changed. Now we're being videoed, but we're just going to have a lovely conversation and just enjoy each other. And, and I really think this is a great way for people at large to get to know you, but to learn what encounter-centered couples therapy is, because it is so incredibly powerful. Um, my husband and I have attended workshops with Haiti and intensives, and she is amazing. And this is just a truly life-transforming therapy. And so mm. I, I'm just so excited to have people <laughs> learn about this. I mean, this is just really well, a dream. Thank you, Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Oh, but you know what? First tells me why this podcast is called Sex in the Bull City. I like the name, but I'm curious, what is that Sex in the Bull it's City? It's a great name. It's a great play on words. Thanks for liking it with me. I love it too. So Sex in the City is such a great show. It's just Fun and yeah, funny, yeah. and really, you know, tackles big things, but it's yes. also lighthearted. Really shows relationships and closeness and intimacy of many different kinds. So right. we are here in Durham, North Carolina, which is otherwise known as the Bull City. My practice is called Bull City Psychotherapy, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh wow, Sex in the Bull City! What a great name for a podcast!" I'm a sex addiction and sex therapist, and so I talk about sex with people all day long. Yeah. And so yeah. I just was like, yeah, I'm just going to, this is a great name. So, yeah. and I'm, yeah. and couples therapy is a main thing that we do here. So your therapy is so important to us here. Right. So I'm just grateful to have you here in Durham, sharing it with so many therapists. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for organizing it. Yeah, my pleasure. Tell us a little bit about, in a nutshell, and and there's there's so many facets of encounter-centered couples therapy, and there's different ways that we can all get educated about it. But if you were going to tell a group of listeners who are not therapists, um, maybe even think about people who may have been may, may be dealing with infidelity in their relationship, or there's some kind of betrayal or trust issue or connection has been lost, which happens as we get older, older, have kids, life gets busy. How how might you explain to people what encounter-centered couples therapy is? So encounter-centered couples therapy is based on one guiding principle. And the guiding principle is that every single couple has a survival dance. My husband and I started our survival dance at our honeymoon when he bought a Minolta camera that he loved, that had a manual, how to have a relationship with the camera. 
And so suddenly I lost the attention of my husband because he went inside of that book because he realized he doesn't have a manual on how to have a relationship with Haiti. So he was in that 254-page manual on how to have a relationship with a camera. And a pattern that became our survival pattern started there, which was that he was inside the book. I wanted his attention. I started demanding it. The more I demanded it, the more difficult I became, the more he went into the book. And slowly but surely, that pattern, which usually in every couple starts in a honeymoon, just kept growing till it was unbearable. Couples have a survival dance. Mm -hmm. And the guiding principle is this. The survival dance will always disconnect you. You can count on it. But there's another way to be in connection. And what is that? And it's the embrace of three invisible connectors. So I'm going to tell you about those. And then we'll talk about how couples can embrace Mm -hmm. those. The invisible connectors are one, the relational space, the space between. Because what Encounter-Centered Couples Therapy says that your relationship lives in that space and each person is 100% responsible for the quality of that space. Okay. So that's the relational space. And we all know the relational space because we go to visit friends. They love us. They come, hey, Sophia, hey, Gordon. And we can tell that even though they love us and show us love, There is toxicity in the air. It's palpable. That's the relational space. Then there's a bridge. It's the bridge between your world and my world. And the, the reason couples need that bridge, an invisible bridge, but there it is, is because only incompatible people fall in love with each other. Of course. And so his world, her world are so different from each other. We need a bridge to know how to cross it and come visit the other side and learn the language, culture, rhythm of the partner. And that's the second invisible connector, Mm -hmm. the bridge. The third invisible connector is the encounter. Mm -hmm. The encounter are those magical moments where you feel really connected to each other. Everything else seems to disappear. We are in eternal time. And every couple knows those times, those magical times, because that's why they're together. They are together because of those magical times. And the third uh, invisible connector is creating the conditions Mm -hmm. for that encounter. Now, how do we create them? When we honor the space, when we cross the bridge, we create the conditions for a true encounter. And so what I teach couples is really the three invisible connectors. I teach them Mm -hmm. how to honor the space, how to cross the bridge, and how to create moments of magical encounter, more and more and more of those moments, till the couple lives in the zone of the encounter. Mm -hmm. And the zone of the encounter is not just in couples. You know, a sports team, when they're in the zone of the encounter, they'll win. You know, the, the Nationals in Washington, D.C., they were in the zone of the encounter, they won. So the zone of the encounter is that time where you feel connected mm-hmm. in another dimension. Mm-hmm. You can have it in nature. You can have it with music. And so couples deserve to live in the zone of the encounter. You know, the other day, my husband and I were in a cab a while ago, and the taxi, the, in an Uber, and the Uber driver says, 
You guys aren't married, are you? It's impossible. There's just too much of a flow and a, a delightful atmosphere. What he was experiencing was that we live in the zone of the encounter. And he couldn't imagine that a couple right. is married, lives in the zone of the encounter. And y'all have been married how long? 54 years, Sophia. This is pretty incredible. That's However, amazing. I have to tell you, that as I said, we had a survival dance that was very painful mm -hmm. and troubling. And that's when we began to search to know how do we begin to be connected? How do we dissolve this survival dance? And it took, it took a while. But we now have a system that we teach a way to really be connected. We lived it, mm -hmm. and now we teach it. That's amazing, and it's so special. So, so what you're really saying is that this is, this is sounding to me that it's very different than going to a therapy or a training even, if you're a therapist, where you're, you're learning that here's, here's this, and then you do this, and, and here's this book you have to go read. You're, you're really teaching people the very basics of humanness right. and how to connect. Yeah, you know, I teach couples how to visit each other mm -hmm. over the bridge. There is a host, the person who invites, there's a visitor, and the metaphor I love is the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. You know, there are many neighborhoods in our world, and each one of our children is a neighborhood, mm -hmm. and it's different in the mama's world as in the papa's world. And so, learning how to visit the neighborhoods of your partner, mm -hmm precious neighborhoods where you feel alive and passionate and vital. It's who you are. Neighborhoods of challenge where you need to talk about something that you really struggle with mm -hmm. and your partner learns how to be there for you mm -hmm. and you learn how to be there for them to really hear what their world is all about. And then you get to know each other deeply, honor each other deeply, love each other deeply. And you start living in that zone. So is being in this zone something that everyone can do? Is it something that, or is it only something that certain people can learn how to do? How does this work? Because this a, sounds pretty... It's a wonderful question yeah. that you're asking. Everyone can do it. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because we're all in our essence, human, good, strong, creative, radiant, funny. I mean, in our essence, we are all these qualities. And the zone of the encounter is essence to essence. Mm -hmm. Me in my funniness with you in your funniness. Me in my lovingness with you in your lovingness. Me in my generosity with you in your generosity. Mm -hmm. What happens in the encounter is we drop into our essences. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's got an essence which is separate from the survival pattern, mm -hmm. which we develop because of the hurts mm -hmm. that we encounter along the way in our childhoods and further along. And so we develop a way of defending against mm -hmm. hurt. But that defense against hurt is not who we are. And the encounter is where who we are meets who we are. And so, so everybody can meet. Everybody can do place. it. Everybody um, can do it. It sounds like that maybe, I mean, I don't know if this is correct, but it almost sounds like at one point in our lives, we were able to show up 
in our essence. And then we, we unlearn that. Absolutely correct. And young children, before they get hurt, are totally in their essence. Mm -hmm. They're funny, they're trusting, mm -hmm. they'll come sit on your lap, they'll hug you, because you're a human. Mm -hmm. You know, not because, or in the supermarket, they're sitting there in the cart, and they see a friend of mommy, mommy, that's your friend, and they bring the person together. All this is natural, the mm -hmm. joy of connection. Mm -hmm. And then we unlearn it. Things mm -hmm. do happen, mm -hmm. all of us get through some tough stuff, mm -hmm. some of us tougher, mm -hmm. and then that survival pattern gets developed, and that survival pattern is not who we are. Right. The encounter is who I am with who you are, mm -hmm. in essence. Have you ever had ex an experience where, and I, I hear you say that um, we, ca we can all get there, um, I'm just thinking of a lot of clients that I have, you know, I, I deal with, I know I'd, I'd mentioned, and I know people who listen to the podcast know that we specialize in sex addiction, and that is such a traumatic experience for both people, um, for different reasons, and I'm wondering, I, I know that some of your, your workshops and intensives are, are really a, a two-day experience, maybe three days. Um, but when people have severe trauma or, or severe, really just unspeakable pain, do they move at a slower pace? Is, uh, do they need, can they be okay if they're moving at their own pace? I mean, do, or do they have to try to do something that's not authentic? Do clients, do people need to worry about somehow not being good enough or not moving at a quick enough pace? So you've said it that the pace we have is the natural pace for us, and it has to be completely honored. Okay. Now the specialty that you have, Sophia, is not my specialty, mm -hmm. so I don't really know how to enter into the realm of sexual addiction. And so what I do is I help the couple see each other again in their essence, but I do let them know that as far as the addiction is concerned, they really need a specialist there because mm -hmm. that's not my specialty. Mm -hmm. My specialty is connection. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice when a disconnected couple regains their mm -hmm. connection. And that in itself gives them the strength to then go and get the kind of help mm -hmm. that somebody like you will give them that I know I don't have that specialty. Yeah. So my specialty is intimacy, in, into me see, mm -hmm. intimacy. And couples are very grateful to regain that intimacy. Then I think they have the resource to actually do the healing of the addiction. But, but that's actually really hopeful because um, so many times when couples have gotten so far apart or if someone has really done something horrible, it, the shame is so enormous yes. that the belief with so many addicts is that there's really nothing I can do to ever make this right. Exactly. And so they keep going down the addiction path. Exactly. But what you're really saying is with this type of therapy with encounter-centered couples therapy, 
we can we can take any and all people and issues that they bring to the table. Exactly right. Right. For example, the neighborhood of shame. Mm-hmm. To visit yeah. it in a good way, in which you can go down the streets of shame and see where it goes back, actually, mm-hmm. to young years, and feel connected there mm-hmm. instead of alone. Then the work can be done on... Let's actually also heal the addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is very hopeful. This is this is really nice um, for for lots for lots of people, lots of couples. But I know when I have done this with my clients, this is the most validating therapy I've ever done. The work validating is very important. Validating here. really for both. So for often, both people. yeah. So often in addiction work, the addict is rarely validated. And it's it's usually you know they're they're just feeling so much shame until they do enough work that they're not, um, and they're kind of working through that. But when I've done this, it's been really lovely for both people to to be validated and they're to equal. be able to express. They're, they're equal. equal. They're equal. No, no. There's no I, sides. There is yeah. no sides. They're equal, and the addiction is something they both together must tackle, mm-hmm. so that it can it can actually recede from their relationship. But first, let's get them close. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The neighborhoods that they need to visit on each side in which when they feel the presence of the partner there, as you say, they feel validated Mm -hmm. as a person. Let's do that first. And then together we tackle... Let's dissolve the addiction. Mm -hmm. So this this is really nice. Um for a lot of the, the work that we do, and I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation. I'm getting even many more ideas, <laughs> but I'm going to move on and ask another question. Um, so I know that with your, your work, I've been fortunate enough to, to meet you on several occasions now and, and see you professionally in trainings, but then also personally with my husband, Gordon. It's been um, really wonderful. Um, and you know, we were, we were very lost and not able to connect at all until we found you. And that was really, really great. Um, but the beauty Sophia, was that both of you, you and your husband really saw the wisdom Mm -hmm. in what was being done. He saw it, you saw it and you said, okay, we want to work this Mm -hmm. with each other. Mm -hmm. And then you can work it with each other, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's actually one thing I was going to ask you. Um, we don't have to get into gory details, but how do you think this therapy is different than traditional couples therapy out there? Right. So traditional therapy looks at content mm-hmm. and analyzes content and helps couples with content. Mm-hmm. This particular journey, I don't even call it a therapy or journey, looks at mm-hmm. how will we shift the process? Mm-hmm. How do we shift the survival dance into the dance of connection? And so in the journey, I will ask a couple to do a short 13-minute conversation that is their tough conversation, their toughest conversation, their most embarrassing, their most horrible conversation, only because I'm going to teach them a guiding principle. And so they have this conversation, and I say to them, stop, you know, and they stop. I say, stop in the middle of a word. When I say stop, it's 13 minutes, Mm -hmm. done. And then I say to them, imagine you were in a restaurant, and you see this couple, this one, 
and they whisper in your ear, they are from another planet. You should really look at them, and you look at them. And what it does for the couple is they go from the place in their brain, that reptilian part in which they were fighting, to the part in the brain that observes. We all have that part mm -hmm. in the brain. And they observe this couple, and for the first time in their journey as a couple, they see the survival dance. The Wygelian man withdraws, the Wygelian woman hits him, yeah. there's a wall in the middle, there's a fire in the middle, the, two are, the waiter doesn't want to come to their table because he could get a glass thrown at him. They describe yeah. the couple, and suddenly they see. I say to them, the good news is, it's not you. I have met you because I ask every couple first what their wildest dream mm -hmm. and longing for the relationship is, mm -hmm. and in the dream comes their essence. Mm -hmm. And so I know that's not you, those 13 minutes that you just watched. That's the extraterrestrial couple mm -hmm. that has gotten room and board in your home. And you are going to get the relational muscle today. Say stop to them the way I said stop to them today. Mm -hmm. What we are going to build is a muscle that stops the Wygelian dance, the Wygelian survival reactive automatic dance. And so that's yeah. the work. That muscle is hard. That muscle <laughs> to strengthen. is hard to strengthen. It takes time. Yeah. I think with my husband and my, me, Yumi and I, it took us two years mm. of visiting over the bridge and visiting over the bridge and the Wygelians knocked at the door mm -hmm. and we would see them and we would sometimes give in to them mm -hmm. and then say, oh no, this is the Wygelian dance. No, no, no. You know, I mean, it, it took us a while. It took us two years to learn this language of connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but two years, um, I mean, can, can you imagine if couples and relationships would spend that two years or three years or four years, and however long? And completely connected. Yeah, but it's kind of like however long it takes until it takes what it takes. Exactly. For each each couple to get past that, to get to their place, their zone. That's exactly. But it's doable. It's totally doable. Yeah, and one thing I, was, I like to say to couples is that the space between the couple is the playground of the child. Mm -hmm. And so if the space is polluted because we're in a survival dance and we're always putting stuff in there that pollutes the space, the children are not safe. Right. But when we begin to bridge and the space becomes filled with love and curiosity and compassion and understanding and acceptance and all the things the space gets filled with, mm -hmm. the children's playground is safe. So, so often with couples, um, you know, in my mind, they're, they just don't have the tools to, to work through. They don't have a principle. Right. You see, here is a guiding principle. There are some skills that you develop, mm -hmm, the art mm -hmm, of hosting, mm -hmm. the art of visiting. You know, these are skills. Mm -hmm. But there's a guiding principle, which is, we're in our survival dance, it'll disconnect us. Right. We can be sure of it. But if we embrace the three invisible connectors, we'll be connected. Yeah. And so the idea, I have a principle now, let's get connected. We've just done the dance. It disconnected us. Mm -hmm. Let's get connected. Let's mm -hmm. sit on two chairs across from each other, very close, 18 inches. Mm -hmm. You know? That's close. Let's mm -hmm. look at each other mm -hmm. for a moment. Mm -hmm. Let's hold hands mm -hmm. and let's begin a journey mm -hmm. of bridging so that we know each other and understand each other and even understand then 
why the survival dance was a necessary defense mm -hmm. in childhood. Mm -hmm. um, so one way that this is similar to other therapies, and we're going to call this a journey, not a therapy, right. but other, other methods of couples finding assistance for relational building, um, is that clearly both people have to buy in. Um, sometimes in regular therapy, two people can walk into an office and one person is talking the whole time and really wants to, like, we've got to make this work, and the other person's, like, you know, making a grocery list in their head or thinking about a work presentation. <laughs> and so, but oh, with this so therapy... Funny. You've got to both whoa. be in there completely and committed to the journey and committed to the principle and to your partner and your children and your family. It's, a co it's an engagement. It, it it's really is. It's a mutual is. engagement. It really is. And certainly people have to agree to do it. One thing I've noticed, though, I've been to enough workshops now to observe first-time couples. There is usually. It's, it, still sh it still shows up like regular couples walk into a therapy office where there's one very gung-ho partner and the other one's kind of like, <laughs> kind of getting pulled in, you know, kicking and screaming sometimes by the ear. Oh. But when when even those couples sit down, yeah. if they're just willing to try, to try, what's what's absolutely fascinating to me about this is what you just said. It's the very process and act of being so close together, eighteen inches apart, brain to brain, yes. eyes locking, skin touching. Right. That it's. It's almost impossible for for either either person to not go in. Right. And you know now it has been researched. Mm -hmm. So in relational neurobiology, which is really a new science 10, 15 years, mm -hmm. they are now discovering that when two people are that close and they're touching skin and they're looking at each other and they're doing the visit over the bridge, their limbic systems, the seat of emotion, begins to resonate together. Mm -hmm. It's called limbic resonance. Mm -hmm. And what that limbic resonance is now called in the science is the brain bridge because it's a natural bridge. It's a biological mm -hmm. bridge. And when that occurs, the central nervous systems in both people calm down. And with calm central nervous systems, you can really talk. And that's what happens in the bridging is that your central nervous systems on both sides just calm down and then the talking is productive. So so for me, what I want to say um, as a therapist is that what you just said is what makes this entirely different than any other couples therapy out there. I've been trained in several and they all serve their purposes. Right. But none that I'm aware of have anything to do with the limbic resonance with, with, the with limbic bridge. resonance with limbic regulation co-regulation indeed which is exactly what we do i know a lot of our people we've done podcasts on emdr that's exactly what we do in emdr is 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 regulate and, and reprocess in our limbic system right and so this is this is it's similar. a similar a couple knowing how to co-regulate. Being willing yes. to be there with each other in that way. And it's it's really incredibly powerful. Um, it, it really is. I've never seen a couple yet who, who didn't fall into it. Right, because it's yeah. biological. Mm -hmm. You see, that's what's so interesting. It's, it's really amazing. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, I was going to say something to you, and it has escaped me, so... That's okay, it'll come back. I'm not going to say, it'll, it'll come, come back, back when it does. I'm going to ask you one more question, hopefully it'll come back then, and, and I have a feeling maybe we'll do more interviews and podcasts in the future. In the future. So we're going to have future. lots of fun talking about lots of different <laughs> things, I'm excited. Um, before we finish, though, um, we've talked around a little bit about bridging, and you mentioned brain bridging with neuroscience research, and but can you just... Do an explanation for 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 us. What is what does crossing the bridge mean in in your journey work? In my life. Well, like, what does it mean for the rest of us to to learn? What does that mean crossing the bridge uh, when we bridge together? Okay, so there are two skills. Okay. That people learn. Mm-hmm. One is the art of hosting. How do I take you in? How do I tell you about me? Mm-hmm. How do I open to you? Mm -hmm. How do I find my truth and tell it to you? How am I transparent with you? Mm -hmm. Art of hosting. Art of visiting. How do I leave the world I live in, Mm -hmm. Haiti world, all the things I believe here, all the things, all the projections I have about everything in here, everything like this, I leave it and I have the courage to cross that bridge in the now so that my world becomes the past. Mm -hmm. And in the now, 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 I look at you and I'm willing to learn you with new eyes as if I meet you for the very first time and you then host me in a neighborhood. And I step in there and I listen to your words and you go just for the truth. Five words or less, that's very important. The truth is spoken in very short, is very short. The truth is short. And I learn, I hear you say, I hear you say, am I with you? Till you feel that I'm being so with you that you feel complete and connected. So it really is, it's a true presence on the most basic human level. It's a true presence on the most basic human level. And I want to say that it teaches you a way of listening that is different. Mm -hmm. There are four ways of listening. For example, habitual listening is the way we listen by projecting our thoughts and our needs and factual listening, you know, very important when you go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. Empathic, compassionate Mm -hmm. listening, which is I open my heart, I feel what Mm -hmm. you feel, and I can even identify. Mm -hmm. I have felt that way too. But then there's generative listening, and that's the one we teach. Mm -hmm. And generative listening is with all of me, is listening to all of you. Not just to the thing you're telling me, but to your whole person. My whole person brings my presence to your whole person. And that's generative. And it brings to the surface new things that are explored that the couple doesn't even know about. And they discover newness. In themselves and each other. So that that is so exciting. The the generative listening that is the most incredibly validating experience yeah. for people, and it's yeah. it really is completely new. Yeah, um, it's something that we just don't seem to do. We forget to do that as adults. Absolutely. Yeah, we have our own agendas. We have our hurts and pains. We do the habitual. We're thinking, exactly. We're living up here, judging when people are talking or living in fear. All of those things that can happen. Um, And and this this 
this this way of being um, is is really so safe, even though it's honest. Yeah. I mean, it it really People is just... People get to say honestly what they mm-hmm. feel and believe, but the other one is there generatively listening mm-hmm. in their whole being with your whole being. Mm-hmm. That makes all the difference. And it's in that moment. So it's without past experiences, right. without it's projecting what's going to happen moment. tomorrow. Exactly. It's right now. It's so right it's, it really is. It's, it's an excellent experiential exercise right. and, and, and journey. Of and, being mm-hmm. in the here and mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. together. Being truly present. Yeah. Yeah. Together. And together. that's the key. Together. I can be present by myself. Yeah. yeah. Gordon can be present by himself, <laughs> yes. but that's not that helpful right. in a coupleship. Right. Right. So being learning how to be present together. Um, this is this is great. Thank you for taking time out. We've been at two long days of training. You are a dynamo <laughs> of energy. And I have a lot of energy too, but I'm just impressed by you and I just, you know, aspire to be you and um, hope I can continue to have this kind of energy that I have. And I'm just, you know, thrilled that you're, you were up for this. So thank you so much for indulging all of us. This is great. This is by far my most my most exciting, fun um, podcast <laughs> and only video podcast so far. So hopefully I'll have more of those. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much, Haiti, My for pleasure. being here. This has been this has been a great experience here. And for anyone who's going to listen or watch um, the workshop here in Durham has has been just phenomenal. Yes. So many life changing experiences for people yes. that I've heard of, you've and heard of. I don't know if there's time, but I, mm-hmm. can I talk about level three learning? Sure. Because that's what occurs mm-hmm. in in this training and also in the bridging. Yes. Which is level zero, where I listen and I I want to know, but I don't learn anything. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, "What did you learn?" I don't know. Level one. I have learned something important. I can't integrate it in my life. I don't know how to put it there. Level two, I learned something very important. It's a skill. It's a construct. I go back to my life, and my life is better. Mm -hmm. Level three is what we are aiming for, where there's transformation. I'm just not the same person. Mm -hmm. And I don't even understand exactly how come I'm different, but there's a before and there's an after. That's level three. And everything in this journey is about level three learning. Becoming new, different, really changed. So that before I didn't have all this consciousness and I wasn't who I am now. And now I am. Mm -hmm. And it'll take me sometimes time to even understand what has changed. But something has dramatically and completely fundamentally changed. That's That's the learning in this way. That's an amazing experience. If anyone, you know, has that experience, that's a real gift. Yeah. It really is. And to do it with another person, that's an amazing gift. Yeah. Um, So can you tell people, I mean, I'm I'm sure people are going to watch and listen and they're going to want to get in touch with you. And how can they do that if they want to experience your, sure, your website? My website is Haiti, H-E-D-Y, Schleifer, S-C-H-L-E-I-F-E-R, one word, dot com. Okay, so HadeeSchleifer.com. People can schedule intensives with you. Yes. Is that also where you will have all your workshops listed? Yes, indeed. So Hadeeschleifer is a resource not just for 
for clients, but also for therapists yes. to see what's what's happening. What's, there might be some therapist trainings or right. clients. Maybe there's also hybrid options. I want to make sure everybody knows there's a hybrid workshop where Haiti will have six couples together, and each couple gets their own therapist helper or journey right. helper. Yep. But but Haiti's there really teaching everything, teaching the principles, doing live demonstrations, and then couples go do their own work with their own helper. Six couples. Six couples, yes. And that's that's a phenomenal experience. Yeah. And then if you really want to if you really want to dive into the deep end, then you schedule an, an intensive with Haiti one on one. Let me tell you, that's some real stuff. Yeah, that's that's intense. I'm a therapist, and that was intense. But I, I'll do it again. I'm sure we're gonna keep going because it's just you know it's helpful. Um, so there's a lot of lot of offerings that you have. Um, there's also therapists around. I would probably say around the world, not the country, the but world, the world. You have, have taught in thirty thirty nine countries. Thirty nine countries. Yes, yes. There are therapists around the world. That list will show up on our web on that website on the Haiti Schleifer, but my office can give referrals. Yes. So still going to your website exactly. is is really the first step if yep. couples are interested in this, and yep. then then they can they can pick whatever choice works for them. Yes. Thank you again for being here with my me. This was very pleasure. very nice. My pleasure. <laughs> so I want to say thank you to. Everyone for watching. It was great to have Haiti here. This was really special. Um, and I'm Dr. Sophia Caudill. I think I forgot to say who I was at the very beginning. You were too excited. I was so nervous and excited, <laughs> and now I'm calmer now, so I can remember my name. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I'm Sophia Caudill. I have um, a practice in Durham, North Carolina, Apex, North Carolina, and Wilmington, North Carolina, specializing in sex addiction. Um, sex therapy, intimacy issues, codependency, love addiction, all kinds of great things. And, um, and really would love to hear from y'all if you have any ideas or things that you would love for us to do a podcast on or other people that I can interview. I'd love to hear from you. My email is Sophia at Bull City Psychotherapy. Bull City Psychotherapy is my practice name. It was actually on this TV behind me, but um, you can probably tell tech is not my greatest asset in the world. Thank you for being patient with me. I, I talk for a living, and so this is not my 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 mode of, of working. But anyway, thanks so much, everybody, for being with us. This was lovely to have Haiti. And until next time, when we do a podcast or a video cast, we will see you then. Take care. <laughs>